0: Hello, Marvelites! Welcome to episode number 125, the big anniversary edition of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, new releases, and tired hosts. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by...
1: Marvel.com editor Ben Morse. And if this were 1993, what kind of cover would this
0: episode have? A, like... I, it's not die cut, but like mm-hmm. the elevated format. I'm an thinking, and maybe an embossed white cover, sort yep. of like that Amazing Spider-Man 400, maybe it was, or that one with Vision in Avengers, where. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was well. That was. Was that foil embossed? No, it, the, on, like, it was silver? like matted white. Right. And I you know, know what you're
1: talking about. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe with like a uh, hologram disc. Yeah. Where they have the little circle, like the hockey puck type thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get
1: one of those in there. That'd be really cool. Yeah, big time. 125 used to be a big deal. Yeah. Still should be. Yeah.
0: Well, the books don't get there. Uh, Anyway, uh, welcome, if you're just joining us. We're going to talk about all kinds of new fun stuff this week. Uh, We're going to dive right in, because we got a buttload of books.
1: Yeah, man. A lot of comics came out this week, starting with All New Invaders number 3, written by James Robinson, art by Steve Pugh. I really like this issue. It was a lot of fun. Uh, It was... James Robinson really starting to dig into the history of the Marvel Universe. Um, if you read the letters page, I actually, that got me more excited than anything because he started talking about the other characters who are going to yeah. show up, um, which is really cool. But we have a nice fight to kick things off between Namor and Tenalf. Uh We have Captain America bringing Human Torch to Avengers Mansion, kind of getting him up to speed. And Bucky seeking out the original Vision, Arcus, last seen in X-Men Legacy, which is acknowledged here. Which I thought was pretty cool, um, just because X Men Legacy was such an off to the side book. Yeah. I like that they they pick things right up from there. Definitely. They need Arcus's help to go after the Kree. It's neat to see them bring in another Golden Age character, and also just playing up a lot on the different historical things. That's what Robinson's so good at taking that minutia, whether it's you know that the Human Torch was a West Coast Avenger or Bucky's situation. He doesn't really miss a trick. He's like, this is. This is why all these guys are together. These are the cool cameos, and he's really established right off the bat the Kree, you know, as a great force for villainy or whatever they are. And Tenalt is really cool. Steve Pugh is getting better every issue. Um, just a fun issue. This is a this is a book that I think is only going to get better as it goes, and as Robinson gets more comfortable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like the first issue, but I really too. like the second issue. I think yeah. it's, like you say, it's it's starting to hit its stride. We're going to see it get better and better. Yeah. Uh, Avengers World, number four, by John Hickman, Nick Spencer. Art by the incredible Stefano Caselli, with colors by Andres Mosa. Um, a bunch of cool things going on in this issue. You've got this uh this Avenger squad going out down into the city of the dead beneath Velletri, Italy. Italy. Oh, yeah, Italy. Um and it's cool, it's Spider Woman, um like- Hawkeye Nightmask, is that his name? Yeah, yep. Nightmask and uh, Starbrand. There's a lot of them. Yeah,
1: as Bruce Banner says, there's like 40 Avengers. Well, so yeah, it's hard to keep track. Of. So they're
0: doing that uh, at the same time. You uh, go to the one of the helicarriers, and Bruce Banner and Cap are talking about the team, talking about you know problem solving and all this stuff. And Bruce makes a great point. We don't. The team doesn't have one magic guy. That's pretty funny. Yeah, there's a really funny um, series of you know. It's pretty uh, funny, but also
1: completely true.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then they bring back a character whom we loved from Mm, Secret Secret Warriors, Warriors, Sebastian Druid, who is, I believe... Dr. Druid's kid. Yeah, so obviously he jumps right up to the top of my list. It made sense, too,
1: because it was the Avengers don't have a magic guy, so S.H.I.E.L.D. brought in their magic guy. and Obviously, with his Secret Warriors ties, he would be S.H.I.E.L.D.'s go-to magic guy. Because at first I was kind of like, admittedly, I was like... You know, all the resources they have and they go to Sebastian Druid, who I love the character, but you know, he's he's young and inexperienced and I'm sure they have more powerful guys. But yeah, he trained directly with SHIELD. They know him, they trust him. So I like I like the the logic of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, while that's going on, we go back to the City of the Dead and the City is messing with Starbrand, and it's cool because he's like incredibly powerful but you can see how flawed he really is and how yeah. um, how you can beat him. And then we get the return of a badass big-time villain at the end. Yeah.
1: And this is also cool because, and this is in many ways the point of Avengers World, because, again, with such a big roster, it's hard to cover all the characters. Starbrand was basically introduced, and he's had a few, few cool moments, but we don't really know him. He's really a blank slate. So books like this, or books like, specifically, Avengers World, Avengers World is a chance to... Get a little bit more information on guys like Starbrand, Nightmask, those characters. And it's definitely serving its purpose.
0: All right. Up next, big number one issue, Daredevil number one by Chris Somney, Mark Wade, uh, Javier Rodriguez. Uh, you know. We new got lo- logo. New logo. Oh, yeah. It's got a little devil The, horn the Manny yeah, M- Medeiros designed that. Nice. Good job, Manny. Uh, so, as you know. Daredevil is now in San Francisco, so this picks up running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil is in San Fran; he's helping the police, he's helping, you know, the citizens, um, and they really they do a good job of making it so it's not just the same thing. He's San Francisco's a totally different environment for Daredevil to work in. Uh, he's familiar, but it's been many years, and you know, think about it: you go to a city that's new, you live there for a year, mm. you're going to get relatively acquainted with it, but. You know, if you're not there all the time, you're going to lose track of that. Um, so there's there's a lot of interesting stuff. I think we're going to see them play with San Francisco um, as uh, definitely part of the book a lot, which I'm looking forward to because I do love that city. Um, and then we get some hints at uh, some of the things that, you know, have been hanging over uh, Matt Murdock's head. So it's, you know... Pick it up right where it left off. Great jumping on point if you have not been reading Daredevil. And if you've not been reading Daredevil, what the hell is wrong with you?
1: And if you want to catch up on how Daredevil got to San Francisco, read the Daredevil Road War Infinite comic that is currently coming out. It bridges the gap between the end of the last volume of Daredevil, where he's still in New York, and this issue where, like you said, he hits the ground running in San Francisco. Last
0: issue of that came out this mm-hmm. week. Uh, Daredevil was... Basically, the, the four issues were... Uh, a pit stop on the way to San Francisco and him fighting uh, a villain called the Mad Thinker. Mm. And a, a new type of adaptoid. It was, nice. it was a really great story, mm. really cool use of the Infinite comic format. Right. Definitely check that out. Mark Wade, Peter
1: Krause, good guys who know how to do it. Yeah. Speaking of traveling, Dexter Down Under brings Dexter to Australia. Uh, written by Jeff Lindsay, artist uh, Delabor Talajik, They have Dexter down in Australia. He is investigating a case down there. They brought him in from out of town. The really interesting thing is kind of the relationship between him and this cop, Shauna, who reminds him of his sister, and how he tries to share the knowledge he has as, you know, a crazy, dark serial killer without tipping people off that he is a crazy, dark serial killer. So, all the stuff you love about Dexter from the books, from
0: everywhere else, has appeared right here in this here comic. Nice. Uh, Up next, Disney Kingdom, Seekers of the Weird, number three written by Brandon Seyfert and art by Philippe Andrade uh, I love Philippe Andrade's art on that the John Carter stuff we yeah. did a couple years ago and he's here and looks fantastic it works really well in this super trippy weird environment um, you've got these two kids who get wrapped up in some nonsense that their parents their uncle have been involved in um, it's magic it's mysterious stuff it's weird as the title would imply um And there are a lot of questions, like, who's in the right here? Because they deal with a lot of different characters, um, whether it's their uncle, their parents, or this master warden dude, or head warden dude. A lot of cool character designs. I love the the elements that, you know, are used within this. And it all comes from the ideas that were made by, um, you know, Walt Disney and Raleigh Crump for the original uh, design for the, the... Museum of the Weird. So, really cool. Read the letter at the back of the issue by my friend Josh Shipley. Um, he's creative designer over at Imagineering, um, which is a freaking cool-ass job. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's just rad to see stuff like this come out and us working with them. Really cool.
1: Iron Man number 23 point now brings Iron Man into all-new Marvel now with the first part of the Rings of the Mandarin storyline written by Karen Gillan. Luke Ross jumps on as artist... Uh, for this arc and does a really cool job. It's perfect for him because the villain is Malkith from Thor The Dark World and more recently from Thor God of Thunder The Accursed. And Gillen's got a really good handle on this. Obviously, we know he knows Asgard. He wrote Journey Into Mystery, uh, handled these characters quite some time, even though he hasn't written Malkith. So he's got a real good sense for kind of that snarky but serious narration, the prose that's a little twisted, jumps right back into it, and that was cool. It was like, you know, seeing an old friend with Kieran writing this sense. Malkith, just a creepy, nasty villain. I love the way Luke Ross draws him on his throne. Really looks just gnarly, just like a nasty guy who, almost like the mockery of of the beauty of the elves. Uh, He's got these hands hanging around his neck because he's trying to collect all the mandarin rings, and Kind of outwits one of the Mandarin Rings, which is cool. He's gaming the system. He's more dangerous than everyone. Iron Man, Tony Stark, finds out that Malkith is the guy he's dealing with. Uh, Does not bring in Thor, but there's a neat reason why he doesn't bring in Thor. There's an actual reason. Also, a great new villain who shows up for about three pages. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but basically, he wrote a Broadway musical about Tony Stark, and Tony Stark had to shut it down, so now this guy hates Tony Stark. Read it and find out for yourself. <laughs> uh, other things going on. Dark Angel from Marvel UK, from Revolutionary War, is now working with Tony. I love that. She's like his occult troubleshooter. Yeah. That's really neat. Picks up from the Dark Angel one shot that Kieran wrote. And off to the side, we also have stuff going on with Arno uh, and the former Red Peril, who is trying to manipulate Arno a bit into smelling the beans on Tony Stark. This is a setup issue. By the end of the issue, we have Tony in a new armor, or an armor... I think he only used once in the first arc. Heading off to not kinda try to pronounce it, so I'll just call it Elfland. Uh, to pursue Malkith and we should have big fights, big battles.
0: Svartelheim? Is yes. it There you go, you nail it in one. Yeah. So all right,
1: not Elfland. I
0: do a lot of work on the movies. I have to yeah. say Spartelheim. Is I do a lot of work in Svartelheim. <laughs> Uh, over to Marvel Knights Hulk number four, the final issue of this limited series by Joe Keating. Piotr Kowalski, uh, big, great ending. I mean, you've got this giant-sized Hulk, which is such a freaking cool visual and scary as all hell. You've got Nicoletta Harrow, who is just twisted and demented. She gets all hooked up in this. There's badass destruction. Uh, poor MODOK. Yeah. I mean, I t- love MODOK, but... He does not come out well in this one. Uh, we've, again, got these conversations between um, Dr. Midas and Doom, which I just freaking love. I want more of them. I want Joe to write a book where it's just like BFFs, Doom, Doom and, Midas. and Midas, like hanging out, going, like, going to the movies, going shopping, going to ball games, like talking about their relationship problems, all kinds of stuff. That would be like a book I'd throw a lot of money at.
1: i just like to see these guys together doing oh, more. Yeah. Joe and Piotr. Um, I, I love this book. The art is gorgeous. It's so different, and I hope that Peter Kowalski gets more stuff to do, and I'd love to see him paired with Joe again. I guess they are well, working, they are. Yeah, they're they working are. on What If Age of Ultron together, Yep. so that's going to be something to pick up. But yeah, this has been a real treat, real hidden gem, if you will.
0: Yeah, and the, the last two pages is a big double-page spread, and it's beautiful. It's so moody, and so it's so such a simple... Spread, but mm-hmm. done so well, um, and I can imagine Joe's Script was was really great about it, and Peter knocked it out. And if you are familiar with the Hulk TV show from the seventies, oh, yeah. then if you don't hear the theme song in here, mm-hmm. the ending song, then I don't know what's wrong with you, because yeah. yeah. I I heard it immediately. And that was, I was right where to.
1: I was in Paris, and it looks spot on. You went to Paris I last did. week? I did not last week. Oh, but uh, recently. Yeah, oh. that. That scene they did, I was I was actually at the place, and it looks exactly
0: like it. Nice.
1: They did a great job.
0: Very good. Uh, over to Ms. Marvel number two. Now, this is a hell of a week for number two issues. Yeah. Because uh, it's, you know, like, I liked Ms. Marvel number one. I thought it was a great issue, and yeah. I thought number two was even stronger, even um, even funnier, even quirkier. I, I am quickly uh, just... finding Kamala Khan adorable and amazing and a wonderful new addition to the Marvel Universe. Uh, The way she sort of triggers her powers are um, just fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, Watching her discover how to do things, what she's doing, not explicitly understanding the extent of her powers, which, why would you? I wouldn't. I'd be freaking out probably more than her. Uh, But she does a great job. And at her core, she's such a good person that uh you see that come together here and i think that's going to be really important um as things go along so you've got all the the family stuff that's building up here which uh is fantastic great job by g willow wilson and amazing 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 art by adrian alfona mm-hmm. and uh who's the letterer and colorist on this we've got um uh, color art by Ian Herring and letters by Joe Carmagna. Great team all around. Yep. It's really freaking... Yeah, like you said last time, real special book. Yeah. Something you want to get on the ground floor of. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think you you got to keep reading this book. It's yeah. it's great. New Avengers number
1: 15, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Simone Bianchi. Uh, it's a bit of a spotlight issue on Black Swan, which is something I think a lot of people have wanted to see. The Illuminati using... The bridge to, they've been, the last few issues seen how other Illuminatis have handled different incursions. In this case, they use a little bit of time trickery to learn more about their guest slash prisoner. And it's it's not pretty. I mean, we knew she was not really a great person. We get to see some of her past dealings, how she handled some of her allies, how she dealt with an alternate universe Illuminati. The art by Simone Bianchi is just it's like water, man. It just flows from page to page. It's him at his best. And then to the end, there is uh, a new alliance formed with Black Swan and another character with the promise of potentially more characters to join their little group, which is very intriguing.
0: Yeah. Nova, number 15. Man, 15 issues. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's written by Jerry Duggan, art by David Baldion and Terry Pallot and David Curiel. Uh, really just another solid issue of this series. Nova is on Nowhere, which is the big floating celestial severed head. Yep. Uh, as, you know, as those things happen to be. And really uh, is. he is helping out Cosmo, one of our favorite characters. Ever. Uh, yeah, really. You've got to go back and read the old Guardians of the Galaxy comics if you haven't to, um, to really get a sense of why we love Cosmo so much. He's terrific here. Uh, great new villains introduced, like this. these, uh, what are they called? They're, I mean, they're basically rogue space knights. Space knights, yeah. Galidor. Galador, Galador, yeah. They're, they're, they have a, a certain word that they, way they talk about them. But anyway, these bad versions of the Galadorian knights. Uh, they're, you know, they're basically cell swords, and they're helping this dude Scarn, who we saw a couple issues ago. And uh, you got Beta Ray Bill in this. You've got a really, um, lots of fun interactions as Novas, coming to grips with this new reality that he's living in. Mm -hmm. It's terrific. Sam's such a cool character. Uh, And then a big old ending that is going to make for next issue to be super fun.
1: Over in Revolutionary War Warheads, number one, written by Andy Lanney and Alan Kausil, art by Gary Erskine, we've got Colonel Liger, the
0: cousin of Jushin Thunder Liger. I love Ligers, and yeah. I love Jushin Liger. There you go. I am so bummed we're not going to that I know. Ring I saw it was, sold, show. it was sold, sold out. Sold out the day I emailed you. I was yeah. like, yeah, let's go. And then
1: I yeah. was, yeah, I was um, listening to a podcast last night where they were hyping up the Ring of Honor New Japan show. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. We might be going to that. And they said, and it's already sold out. And I go, ah.
0: Yeah. We don't even know anyone at Ring of Honor anymore to, to try and find uh, tickets. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Um, Anyways, other Ligers, Colonel Liger, Warheads. Um, <laughs> he is trying to locate his team. Back during the big Mistech brouhaha, he went to hell with his team of Warheads, who we meet here. Uh, they're basically just a bunch of badass, mercenary, super soldier types. And during the Mistech War, they were trapped there. Liger got out. No one else did. He's jumping through all these hoops to try to get them back. Ms. Tech is manipulating different elements and we start seeing elements from the other Revolutionary War one shots come together this sets up what's going to be the big final battle which looks pretty bad because it's basically Liger who's this as far as I can tell non-powered dude with a gun who gets kind of gutted uh, is going to have to fight more or less on his own we'll see who comes to bail him out but Revolutionary War is going to be ending Very soon. I'm not sure if it's next week. I think... Yeah, next week we get Revolutionary War Omega, which is the British Heroes Against Tech, One time for all time. We'll (laughs) see what happens. Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 10. This is a neat little issue. This is a little one-off. Written by James Asmus. uh, Filling in for Nick Spencer. Giving him a little break. uh, With a bunch of different artists. And the idea here is the first page says, who are the Superior Foes of Spider-Man? So we get focus on Beetle Overdrive and Speed Demon have gone to a bar in Brooklyn and just kind of taken it over and they're just hanging out having a couple drinks they're gonna break into this safe but it's on a timer and none of them have the skills to get into the safe, because they keep saying, oh, why don't we just get into the safe? Even the, even the bartender's like, why don't you guys just break into the safe and leave? And they're like, none of us have the power. One of us is super strong, one of us has armor, and one of us can make cars into weapons. So <laughs> Does we, it have wheels was we, the best line. Yeah, we don't have this skill set. <laughs> so while they're killing the time, they decide to talk about their, uh, their biggest takedowns. And it's awesome. There was, you know, to cross the streams a little here, there was an old episode of Batman the Animated Series where... A group of villains sat around uh, talking about the closest they ever came to taking out Batman. And it's a a familiar trope. It's not the only time, but I immediately thought of that just because, you know, superheroes. Uh, But that was great. This is just fantastic. We got Overdrive talking about a fight he had with Hercules. We have Beatles' story I really like because it's the time she quote-unquote beat Daredevil. (laughs) But it has to do with... I don't want to spoil this. Yeah, twist. it was great. It's a great twist. And then Speed Demon um, has a whole other deal where he also says he takes down Hercules. I love this page, number one. Yeah. Superior Adventures of the Speed Demon. <laughs> because everything in this book is very tongue-in-cheek. Speed Demon talks about all his various conquests, And Hercules is a reporting, fe- recurring factor here. But anyways, this is such a unique book um, that Nick Spencer's really made his own. I was really impressed by James Asmus coming in yeah. and just nailing the tone, nailing the characters, getting the jokes. It was legitimately funny. He had some cool artists working with him. And it was a really neat, different kind of installment of Superior Foes. I actually rate this really high. This This was just cool the way it came together.
0: Yeah, and again you guys, please, yeah. read the, get that book, support that book, because it's one of our favorites, and uh, it needs more readers, more supporters. Tell your, your store, if you are reading it, that you want to pre-order it, because yep. um, that certainly helps. Uh, over to Superior Spider-Man Annual Number 2. And guys, this is a big issue. Yeah, this, this is really important. This is incredibly important if you are reading the Goblin Nation storyline in Superior Spider-Man, which we assume you yeah.
1: are. Cause I mean, it's not, if you miss it, You'll still be able to follow Goblin Nation to get us wrong, but this is this adds so much but, to the story.
0: You know, as you pick up the next issue of Regular Superior, you'll probably there'll be a, probably a couple of panels or pages right. that that talk about things happening here. But this is the meat and potatoes of it all. Uh, it's written by Christos Gage, and we've got two stories, art by Javier Rodriguez. Always great to see. Always amazing to see. Uh, on one, Philip Briones on the other. Uh, the Javi Rodriguez story is really about Ben Yurick, and man, who doesn't love Ben Yurick? Yeah, just one of the the best um, civilian supporting characters in the Marvel universe. Whether it's Daredevil or Spider Man, true. Sure.
1: I got really excited when I saw it was going to yeah. be the Ben Yurick's story because I just I love Ben Yurick. Yeah,
0: and you know it's you know kudos to Javier because it's a lot of talking, it's a lot of scene setting, it's a lot of you know like. Street level stuff, and he does such a great job of, of getting to emotion and getting to mood and doing some really great stuff throughout this. Uh, you know, there's a big emotional hook to this story, and I don't want to reveal too much, but definitely important if you're you know following the all the goblins. Uh, this is there's some some big stuff going on in here, and um, you know I thought it was great. It was really really interesting touch for some of these characters. The second story is uh, is big time because we've got, uh, what's her butt? Um, Monster? Spec- Wraith. Wraith. Wraith? The Wraith. Uh, she is inside Parker Industries. Uh, who else is inside Parker Industries? Monster, who is mm-hmm. Carly Cooper. So you've got this whole big thing and they've got ties together. Uh, I won't spoil anything that goes on here, but that's a huge turning point for these characters in the development of of Their plot lines and all that stuff, so again, you don't, you won't uh, feel m- miss it like you're missing something if you don't read this. But I don't see any reason why you wouldn't read this because yeah, it's it, really good, it's really good, and it definitely helps push along Goblin Nation. Yep, all right. Thor got a thunder, number 20. I mean, ugh, yeah. I just want to throw up all of those books. Look at it's that so cover,
1: good. flip back to that cover for Like, What yeah. a great
0: cover! It's such an amazing cover. It's uh, Isad Rubik and Eve's. Well, Svor Sina on the art uh, both the cover and the interiors and you've got two stories two parallel stories going on here in the present day Thor Roz Solomon them figuring out how to fight Roxxon and then Roxxon you've got their CEO Dario Agar and you learn his big secret in this in one of the single best uh, one page splashes mm. in in, com- so pretty. in so long I just this page The dialogue is so perfect, but the art is incredible here. It's so beautiful. So you got that going on. And then millennia in the future, you've got King Thor, Old Man Thor, and Old Galactus. I like that they call him Old Galactus. Old Galactus, yeah. Uh, Galactus is going to harvest Earth. He's going to eat, even though Earth is, you know, just a dusty husk of what it once was mm-hmm. he gonna eat it cause that caused him so much trouble so long ago uh and old Thor ain't having none of that crap he is gonna throw down with Galactus one last fight he's gonna die proudly uh, if if he needs to um terrific stuff Jason Jason is a master that's all I can say he's he's incredible firing on more than all cylinders Ugh. Oh.
1: Yeah, everyone working on this book is great Uh, It's it's just one of the most complete Awesome, beautiful comics coming out today
0: Oh, I can't handle it This is just such an incredible comic Keep it together No, I can't Thunderbolts number
1: 23 Written by Charles Soule Art by Kim Jacinto Just a quick setup It's Deadpool's turn to choose a mission But Venom hijacks it And says, I want to do my mission real quick And it's, I want you guys to kill me Boom, there it is Rest of the issue is the, the Thunderbolts, including new member Ghost Rider, trying to take out Venom in his crazy, venomed-out form. Uh, this issue is the swan song for one of the Thunderbolts, Someone Leaves the Team, and it's, it's a good kind of peek at the inner psyches of a lot of them, because the Venom symbiote doesn't pull any punches says this is how Flash really feels about you guys and that exposes each team member to kind of deeper truths about themselves even as they're trying to prove their badassery and take out the incredibly powerful Venom symbiote which has been completely unleashed All right,
0: Uncanny X-Men, 19 point now hmm. uh, written by Brian Michael Bendazark, by Chris Bashallo, and Tim Townsend and a um, bunch of different things going on here one, we get to see the uh, the former X-Man, who was an X-Man for, I don't know, three, four issues, whatever yeah. it was. Not very long. David, he's got that cool power to um, control cars, hijack vehicles. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: Overdrive should fight.
0: Yeah. That'd be a great fight. Uh, we've got him, and uh-oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. has found him. So oh, there's yeah, no. terrific stuff going on there. We get to see what's up with Dazzler, which is just... Dis- disturbing. It's not as great. All out. It is not good. Things are not going well for Dazzler. And if you think, you know, every time you think, man, Mystique and Sabretooth, they're pretty terrible. Yeah, they jerks. They just, like, do something that goes, oh, they're even worse than I thought. Every time. Uh, and then all that's going on, we flash over to the X-Men crew. Uh, Scott Summers and his team with all the kids and, and all this stuff. Uh, and they are dealing with more Sentinel troubles. That's it's going to get worse for them before it gets better. I can tell you that much. Uh, there's a great line in here because their powers don't work for a second. Uh, there's two great lines from Gold Balls who is just... Gold Balls owns
1: this issue. Yeah,
0: he is He may be the character find of the last couple years. Yeah, he's great. All right, Winter Soldier, The Bitter March, number
1: two by Rick Remender, Roland Boshi. Man, this is a fun issue. This is cool. This book is just cool. Um It's really, Ren Shan is really the star. Winter Soldier is almost like, it's like a horror movie. We do like Friday the 13th and, you know, Jason's the big name, but he's always just off in the background kind of stalking him. Yeah, Shen's our Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Shen is the Jamie Lee Curtis of this book. And what a Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, Uh, He's got these two defecting Nazi scientists who he liberated from Hydra. He's got to get back to the U.S., back to S.H.I.E.L.D., but he's got both Hydra on his tail, and he's also got the Winter Soldier chasing him. Some awesome action sequences that Roland Boshi draws the hell out of with the Winter Soldier coming after them. But in between that, we get a little insight into Ren Shan's character, which is very important. He's become, he is the Iron Nail, who's shown up in Captain America in that right now and very important. Uh, dealing with these two scientists, the wife of this scientist duo, is very reluctant this is not what she wanted. Gets into some really interesting political discussions with Ren Shan about communism and whatnot. Her husband's a jerk. Uh, he didn't do any of the work. He wants to take all the credit and he is up to his own schemes. But I really like the balance here of the punching, kicking, exploding, winter soldiers coming after us. We gotta get out of here with the kind of heavier discourse of um, this is what's right, this is what's wrong, starting to see the seeds of Iron Nail emerging and also doctor mind in this issue yeah that was uh,
0: like the origin yeah. stories here terrific it's really cool especially if you're reading captain america This is just a
1: great companion piece but also just a good comic on its own
0: yeah it's another one i dug the first issue yep. i loved the, the second, second issue is really strong yeah it's terrific and uh yeah fun stuff
1: speaking of second issues wolverine and the x-men number two written by jason Latour. Art by Mahmoud Azrar. We've got the Phoenix Corporation introduced here, which is still kind of unclear on who they are, but I think that's by design. We do know they have a youngish-looking CEO. They're trying to do something with the Phoenix symbol. It has sparks very impassioned, but different reactions from Quentin Quire and then Wolverine and Storm. Sexy nuns. It's their sexy nuns. Um, there's a big mysterious... Mutant from the future who was trained by the Ascani, and it's not Cable. So, we're, I don't know. He's
0: like new Cable. It's Not Cable. It's not Grizzly. No, it's not. Domi- grizzly,
1: grizzly wasn't trained by it. Yeah, but he's naming out with people cable. from the Six Pack.
0: Yeah, they weren't from the future. They were just a bunch of mercenaries. <laughs> weren't
1: they? Crew. No, man. Oh man. They're just dudes in the present who Cable hooked up with. Gotcha. But no, it's not Cable. It's not Strife. It's not Genesis. Well, Genesis. The other Genesis in this issue. <laughs> a lot of guys, a lot of names, a lot of mutants. There it is. It all does tie in. There's some crazy prophecies going on with Quentin choir, with Phoenix, with Evan, with Apocalypse, with a lot of different things going on. So who knows where this is all going? Stick around to find out.
0: All right, last book of the week is X-Men number 12. Uh, this wraps up two big stories for this. Written by Brian Wood, art by uh, Chris Anka on one story and Clayman on the other. First story wraps up the big uh brouhaha between Storm's X-Men team of Psylocke, Rachel, Grey, Karima Sharpentier, Sharpendar?
1: It's not not Peter Sharpentier. It's a Karima.
0: Yeah. Sharpendar. Sharpendar. No, but I like that you gave her
1: Peter Sharpentier's last name. Uh, Sharpentier works here at Marvel. (laughs) That's a shout-out.
0: And Monet. And uh, them versus this new uh, sisterhood. sisterhood. (laughs) Uh, And so the sisterhood is... Started falling apart last issue when Lady Deathstrike yeah. was like, "Kill me, this is I. I've made a terrible mistake." Yeah, uh, so that's gone wrong. But uh, Arkea resurrected Madeline Pryor and Celine, the Black Queen, and also apparently Lady Deathstrike is now in
1: this body that Arkea is holding on to. It's hard to keep track of where everyone's yeah minds
0: and consciousnesses a lot are of at. jumping around in yeah. there. But uh, the X Men are like, you know what? F this S, we're gonna go there, we're gonna bust their heads in, uh, Monet is, I am just gonna beat the ever-living hell out of Enchantress, and it's a, it's a terrific moment, uh, there's yeah. like, uh, Chris Anka nails this one panel of Enchantress, uh, when she finds out that Monet is, A, still alive, and B, coming right after her, and it's, it's sort of like a, an old-school cartoon, where it's like, oh, yeah, and then, yeah. gets, yeah. Uh, gets thrashed, it's really um. terrific, uh. Cool fight between uh, Typhoid Mary and Psylocke, and Psylocke is just she's mean. Mm-hmm. She she's you know taunting. She's pissed though. No, she is. She is. She, she has is. every right. Yeah. But she's taunting. Really, Typhoid Mary is a mentally disturbed person, and right. she she messes with it, and uh, all that's going on. Uh, there's a. A killer moment with Madeline Pryor and Celine, which you know is going to lead mm. to some bigger things down the road. And I won't spoil too much more, but very satisfying ending. Uh, I'm excited to see where you know what they do with all these characters. And then on the flip side, we've got, <laughs> meanwhile, fighting meanwhile. Sentinels in Catalina. Jubilee's disappeared, so it's Jubilee and her squad. Uh, fighting sentinels, uh in this like beach side beach yeah. side area. And I really like
1: these characters that Brian Woods using here, so I hope yeah. he uses them more bland totally. Mercury Hellion. They don't get enough play.
0: Yeah, this new cipher. Yep. Um some, some great dialogue and interactions between all the characters. I love seeing Jubilee and like it you have Jubilee and she's she is who she is, but with this these vampire ish powers, you know, she's She's got a whole new yeah. layer to her. And it's, I, it's cool seeing her in a pseudo-leadership role. Yeah, which too. she damn well should be. She's, you know, she ain't the uh, the yellow trench coat-wearing mall rat. mall rat anymore. Yeah, yeah. great stuff. Cool. Mm. Time of the Week? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I oh, You pick
1: first. Okay. Uh, tell you what. I'm going to go with Superior Foes of Spider-Man thought james asmus did a great job filling in for nick spencer and uh bumped it right to the top of my list so
0: there you go i am torn between thor god of thunder mm-hmm. ms marvel mm-hmm. um because are all on my short list yeah uh but i think i think i'm gonna go with daredevil number one yeah
1: that was those 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 were the four books i was choosing between two yeah. so we're on the we're on the same page but yeah yeah but i mean you, you can't lose a lot of good stuff yeah very much so. All right, let's talk about collections on sale this week. We've got Iron Man Epic Collection War Games. These epic collections are kind of kind of cool. These, like, yeah. weird outside-the-box 9,000-page stories. stories. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you, can, if you can get them, pick them up. This, and the War Games one is awesome because it has tons of old-school John Romita Jr. art. That's yeah, cool. And David Byrne. Uh, yeah. Not David Byrne. Yeah, uh, David Byrne. He did a great job. Yeah. Great uh, Iron Man artist. Yeah. No. Uh, John Byrne. John Byrne. John Byrne. That guy. <laughs> yeah. David
1: Byrne was you know he cr- did a lot of X-Men work with Chris hey Claremont I've been listening to a lot Sundays. of talking heads lately right. deal with it Marvel Masterworks Captain America Volume 7 in hardcover Mighty Avengers Volume 1 No Single Hero New Avengers Volume 1 Everything Dies Ultimate Comics Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis, Volume 4 Wolverine Japan's Most Wanted Infinite Comic is out in hardcover Wolverine, Max, Volume 3, Vegas, and maybe my favorite titled trade of 2014 to date, Young Avengers, Volume 3, Mic Drop at the Edge of Space and Time. Oh, Kieran. Yep. Oh, Kieran. I wonder, did Kieran come up with that? I would did have Sankovic Lauren so. come up with that? Did someone in collections come up with it? Ugh.
0: Maybe Jen Grunewald? Who knows? Maybe. All right, digital uh, on the app this week. We've got the books we've talked about as well. As uh, Daredevil, Road Warrior, Infinite Comic Number Four, Deadpool, The Gauntlet, Infinite Comic Number Eleven. Now that one, big moment mm. in the in the series uh, this week where you get a a big thing for what we're we're about to get into the wedding of Deadpool. Mm. So pivotal stuff in there. And again, that series is freaking terrific. The Infinite Comics are really good. Deadpool has probably been my favorite of our Infinite Comics, and it's just it's incredible. It's really funny. Really, really, really well done. Cool. Uh, also on the app this week, we've got Captain America 100 through 114 from the original run. Well, sort of the 60s run. Uh, yeah. Captain America 29 through 32 from the 2002 run. That's... Uh, is that that... Um, that... It's Avengers Disassembled. What was the story that is... Um, re- remember that alternate reality story? Yeah. Ice. that Ice. Was that Ice?
1: or... I don't remember. There are a couple in that series is the problem. There's, there's
0: problem. an alternate reality story that I want to put on TWIM URC one day. There was one called Awake? I um, don't remember.
1: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. This was... I When I was adding this, this was the this was the disassembled. Okay. Work. But yeah, that, that's already been added. It's already on there. Cool. Because now this actually completes the 2002 Captain America volume. That is now completely up on uh, Marvel Unlimited. All
0: right. Um, also on the app, we've got Fantastic Four annual number 24, Guardians of the Galaxy one through seven from the nineties, right? Yeah. Well just to loop it all together here, because again, I was
1: putting these up so I had to look them all up. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one through seven, then Guardians of the Galaxy Annual Number One, plus the Fantastic Four Annual Twenty Four, Silver Surfer annual number four, and Thor annual number sixteen is all from the Guardians of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino vol- Volume One collection. Oh. So that and those annuals are a four part crossover. I think it is the Return of Korvac crossover from the 90s so those all tied together because it seemed like there was a lot of random annuals on here yeah but no
0: they all play together so that includes the silver surfer and thor yep 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 all right so we've also got uh incredible hulk 355 through 363 yep peter david nice uncanny x-men 384 through 393 and uncanny x-men annual number 10 and number one I'm not sure where the
1: number 10 came from, but 384 through 393 is a lot of, it's like the Joe Casey stuff, as is the annual number one from 2001. Mm. The number 10 annual from 1907 is just a crazy outlier. But yeah, it's always interesting to look at these. Then I, I got to trace back because I'm looking for art. So I find out what trades they were all included in. Yeah. And uh, there is a method to the madness. <laughs> It's pretty
0: cool. Uh, collections on the Marvel app this week. We've got Decimation, X-Men, Son of M, which is really good Yeah, that good was a good start. one. That's a terrific one. Uh, and definitely, if you're interested in Quicksilver, some good psychological stuff in there about him. Uh, Doom War, uh, Fantastic Four Inhumans, Generation X Classic, Volume 2, Ms. Marvel, Volume 6, Ascension, Wolverine, Japan's Most Wanted, so the Infinite Comics now in a collection, and X-Men, x Corps. There
1: you go. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited we've got Cable and X-Force number 14, Captain Marvel number 16, Daredevil number 31, Infinity number 3, Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes number 18, Morbius Living Vampire number 9, New Avengers number 10, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 30, Venom number 41, Wolverine number 9, X-Men number 5, and X-Men Legacy number 17, and to correct myself from a few minutes ago, All this stuff from before is obviously on the app. This is on Marvel Unlimited. So Captain America 2002 is complete on the app. Yes.
0: All right, Ben, what do we got for news?
1: All right, we've got Original Sin starting to leak out. The tie-ins, we're slowly rolling those out. And this week, we announced that both Avengers and New Avengers will be tying in. We spoke to Jonathan Hickman about that. And the big reveal there is that Captain America is going to remember what the Illuminati did to him. When they stripped him of his memories. Right, right. So that is going to be a huge moment. And then just today, uh, we rolled out an interview with Al Ewing talking about Mighty Avengers and their tie in to Original Sin, which is going to play off the relationship between Luke Cage, Blue Marvel, and a past they didn't necessarily know they shared. Hmm. Some secrets from there. Hmm. Last week we announced Wolverine Three Months to Die. That is going to be taking place in the Wolverine ongoing series. We spoke to Axel Alonzo and Mike Martz. Uh, this is pretty legit. They're not shying away from it. Wolverine is not looking good. Future's not looking good for Logan. Uh, Mike and Axel both teased what is to come, and we showed a pretty cool Steve McNiven cover that is going to uh, going to only get worse. Brother throws
0: himself like. at all the, yeah, the things. He, not gonna it's, well it's, gonna, it's not going to end well for him. It's not going to pay off.
1: And finally, we posted uh, this week the TEDx talk that Sana Aminat, the editor of Miss Marvel and a bunch of other books, did a couple weeks ago. Uh, she spoke to the TEDx Teen Conference about teen heroes in comics. She addressed Spider-Man, Miss Marvel, the X-Men, New Warriors, Nova, a whole bunch of stuff. And that is up on our site, and it's also up on TEDx's site.
0: Really cool talk, so be sure to give that a watch. All right. Uh, we haven't really put out much information for it yet, but we will be at C two E two in April, towards the end of April. So that's in Chicago. As always, when we go to these conventions and uh, you know, with a team and a booth and all that stuff, you better believe we're going to come with some fun information. Uh, we've got some fun events planned, some things that we're going to do. I'm going to bring some goodies to give away. I think. Uh, so if you're in Chicago, we're going to let me know. We're going to find out some cool stuff we can do. Um, I'm going to eat some pizza mm, and uh, deep dish. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love Deep Dish when I'm there. Yeah. It's real good. Uh, so I'm psyched for that. So C2E2 is coming up. Uh, Assembling a Universe is the uh, Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe special that aired on ABC just this past week. And for those of you who missed it, you can check it out on iTunes if you're in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, it will re-air on ABC this Saturday. Uh, if you're international and you want to watch it, uh, we will have more updates about that soon um i know that the team has been trying to make sure stations take it i mean it's not again you gotta remember it's not us being like yeah we don't want to put it out there (laughs) it's it's you know we these things are made and the television stations in whatever country have to determine if they want to air it so they have to get the thing and you know it's really up to them so we're i know some things are in motion hopefully All the the countries out there can get to see it because it's pretty terrific. Uh, If you want to go to marvel.com, check out some of the art that was released, uh, or that we released, in conjunction with the special. So that's some Age of Ultron concept art, a bunch of things from Ant-Man, and uh, some new Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. Check it out. Yeah. And as someone, you know, who's seen all the
1: movies and were involved here with the stuff, I'd still, like, learn stuff and saw stuff I hadn't seen before so it was really cool it's a cool experience to see it all laid out and
0: they really are complete talking about every movie so yeah it was really neat definitely. i really like that special yeah and uh, i'm sure stromy will talk more about that stuff and we're going to kick it over to him right now for news
2: hello there this week in Marvelites. this is marvel.com editor mark strom coming to you from beautiful sunny always gorgeous los angeles with the latest in marvel news from beautiful, sunny, always gorgeous Marvel Studios. Kicking things off, we have an all-new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble this Sunday inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. This one is entitled All Father's Day, and it is a very Thor-centric episode. You know, in the comics, uh, Thor and Odin back in the day had this really big tension where Odin was not so convinced that Thor spending his time jaunting around Midgard was the best use of his time, and Thor obviously felt differently, so this really brings that tension to the forefront. And yeah, you can check it out for yourself this Sunday, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD, and of course, we had our weekly post-game with the series supervising producer, uh, Court Lane, this week. We talked about last week's episode, along with the writers, Kevin Burke and Chris Wyatt. So you can read all about that on Marvel.com, and we will, of course, have a new post-game next week for this upcoming episode. Apart from that, in movie news, of course, we've got some big, big Captain America news. Last week, of course, we had the live stream of the world premiere of the film in sunny, beautiful, gorgeous Los Angeles. You can re-watch that on Marvel.com as well as on our YouTube channel. We've got tons of photos from the Hollywood premiere and we've got a ton of photos from the Paris premiere as well as, I believe, the London premiere will be coming your way soon. We also unveiled the IMAX exclusive poster. Of course, the film is coming to IMAX 3D on April 4th along with theaters, and as such, IMAX debuted their very own poster. It's very cool. It's very stylized. You can check it out right now on Marvel.com, along with a dozen new images that we released from the film featuring more Cap, more Falcon, more Nick Fury, more Alexander Pierce, more Black Widow, some Agent 13, tons of other stuff. Check it out right now on Marvel.com. And, of course, this week we debuted the one-hour special Marvel Studios Assembling a Universe on ABC. And as part of that, we gave you a special look at some Avengers Age of Ultron art, including an early look at Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's designs from the upcoming film, a look at Black Widow and Hulk in the film, and we also gave you a preview of the test footage that we filmed for Marvel's Ant-Man, which, of course, comes out in July 2015. And, additionally, some look at some early concept art for Guardians of the Galaxy. And speaking of concept art, we also had a preview of the next new Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., some new preview images that gave you a look at Deathlock, along with some concept art for Deathlock's new look in the series that is very, very cool to check out. And, of course, all of that on Marvel.com right now. So, yep, that pretty much covers everything I've got for this week. But... I will be back next week with even more news. So until then, I'll kick it back to the fine fellows in New York, who I'm sure will take very fine care of you. And I wish you a splendiferous week, a splendiferous-er weekend. And I will chat with you once more in seven days.
0: All right, time for This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club, our selection of Captain America. Now, a little bit of a snafu. So we talked about Captain America and it's winter soldier stuff. So that it is Winter Soldier stuff, but it's not the the real like right. the meaty winter soldier arc about the character. It's really all the setup stuff. The first arc yeah. of technically it's it uh, called out of time. Out of time. But we uh, labeled
1: it Winter Soldier to make it easier for yes. everybody.
0: Uh so it does not have the, uh, the um adaptive reading experience. That happens in the second arc, which maybe we'll do real soon. Um but we uh we did, we wanted this one because it sets up a whole bunch of things and it's freaking terrific. I reread it, you know, for this and I was like, holy crap! I yeah. r- had forgotten how good this was. Yeah, and, same. Like what it what it was doing for Captain America. Who you know the context of it was the Avengers had disassembled. Like he was he felt disenfranchised. He was, I mean, he's always a man out of time, mm-hmm. but he was really in a in a sore state at that point. I was impressed, uh, in retrospect, not
1: just what it did for Cap, but what it did for Cap's world, uh, his characters, his supporting cast, his villains. Uh, you could tell Ed Brubaker wrote it, and Steve Epp thinks a lot of credit, because he <sighs> drew the hell out of it. I, I said everyone, all the artists involved, because you had, uh, it was Michael Lark, I think, doing the flashback sequences. Mike Perkins doesn't come until later. Um, it might be Lark. Yeah, and just really good stuff all around but Brubaker in particular just had such an affection for the mythology of Cap he drew on so many things from so many different eras so you know he had he had Crossbones he had Mother Knight he had Sharon Carter uh, who really starts getting cool stuff here I love Cap's relationship with S.H.I.E.L.D. I love them you know, touching upon his relationship with Hawkeye, which weighs heavily on this arc, interestingly, and just the stuff going back, flashing back to the '40s, the Invaders, all the stuff he does with them, and then Brubaker introducing elements like uh, Patriot and the Spirit of '76 being former Captain Americas. Obviously, we had a great one-shot issue with Nomad, but just the way he weaved all of this Captain America history in. But if you were reading this for the first time, I feel like. He puts it right out there for you. Yeah, explains this is who the Red Skull is, this is who Nomad is. Makes great use of flashback. Maybe, maybe one of the best uses of flashback I've ever
0: seen in a story. Just really seamlessly integrates it. Yeah, and that number seven issue, the the Nomad issue, is just such a heartbreaker. It really it's, is, um, and it's a really interesting take on mental illness mm-hmm. and the effect it has, and and. Really just it's a very captivating story, uh, you know, and and very tragic. Uh for a character who, you know, when we were kids, you know, there was nomad with the little kid Bucky yeah. he was like a big deal and and all that stuff. It's, it's uh. well, that that was a neat way of like
1: this is a character who'd been around since seventies, who'd been through so many incarnations, you know, from the costumed version to the kind of biker version that we knew. He was scourge for a little while which i like that he kept touching on that, like didn't shy away from it um you know just a character who felt like he never really had a place um which they address right in this issue he says you know i was always trying to be someone else i was the second bucky i was the second nomad i was you know another scourge like (laughs) i I never really had my own identity and really lets him i hesitate to say god on a high note because he doesn't really. Yeah. But gives him a story that really lets him stand out. Like, you're going to remember him now. Yeah. Like, even if it's his last story, this is a huge story. For it's him.
0: like Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Ric Flair's retirement match. It's and... Not
1: at all like Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Ric Flair is one of the greatest of all time. He wasn't. <laughs> Like, you know, and also Ran, who they just brought in for this. That's what a terrible comparison.
0: Um, What a a forced comparison. Yeah, I know. I just want to talk wrestling. That's Uh, yeah, it was um, really great. We're going to get into uh, the Winter Soldier more when we touch on the next arc. Yeah. But you do get like, it's really cool. Now we we know so much about Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. but then it was like, what "What? the the revelation are they really doing this yeah like because that was that was like you you can't bring you can't you can't bring back uncle ben you can't bring back bucky those are the rules the two you can't do it yeah uh it was so pivotal to the marvel universe that it was heresy to do to to do it otherwise so when this was coming out it was like Holy crap. Yeah. They're going for it. And even though he kind of knew, because it was rumored for months
1: that this was going to be Bucky when he shows up, yeah. and Sharon Carter goes, I think it's Bucky, yeah. and you see the domino mask, it's still like, holy crap. Like, yeah. that's that's wild.
0: Yeah. And um, the Red Skull stuff. Yeah. Just, right off the bat. Oh, man. And
1: that's know, how you
0: build a villain immediately. Yeah.
1: General Luke, and that's one thing I forgot about, was... How kind of cool that was, especially when they went back and did the flashback to his mentor and how he kind of came about. I forgot this guy was really a neat villain. It, yeah. We'll see what happens with him, yeah. um, but just just a cool adversary right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and I love the way they use this like fractured cosmic cube. Yes, um, and how you know it's not a full power, but the things it's doing to Cap and the things it's doing to reality, and it's like there's just so many elements going on here. And it's so yeah. cool. It's just. Really terrific. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
1: It's it, if, if an arc and if, if an arc that's this well remembered can be underrated, then yeah. <laughs> it's underrated just in the sense I hadn't read it in a while. Yeah. It's you know,
0: it's fondly remembered. Everyone knows it's great. Yeah. Um, it's one of the best. One of the best capcomics ever. Definitely. All right, we're gonna dive right into your guys' question and comments. So first up is Christian Redoslavish. He says, what Brubaker does well in his beginning of his run on Captain America is build up suspense. Yeah. It's appropriate because yeah. he's in Tales of Suspense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Captain America was. yeah
0: Silver Age, baby. Uh, Christian 75th sa- anniversary of Marvel. <laughs> Christian says, Red Skull was living inside a Captain America clone? Yeah, it was uh, dating back to
1: the 80s. He died, as he does a lot. Yeah, um, Red Skull died and Mark Grunewald kind of made the ultimate slap in the face where Red Skull preserved himself. I'm sure it was probably an Arnim Zola deal, where he placed his brain into a clone body of Steve Rogers. And for a while in the 80s, he would just, whenever he had his mask off or whatever, he would look exactly like Steve Rogers and he'd be like a douchey Steve Rogers (laughs) showing up and being a Nazi. So Uh, That's kind of the perfect villain. But that's another... That's another thing. I'm like, oh, that's a cool plot point that you remember. Yeah. So I'm glad, you know, he didn't forget anything.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure part of it goes to whomever the editorial team was. Sure. Well, it was you know, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sure he Tom nails it. it. Uh, Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter are perfect for each other, and the Brew Run proves it. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, they've had their ups and downs, and it's it's interesting because here they ain't together. They've yeah. they've split, and it's not the most pleasant. Yeah. But you know what?
1: It's right off the bat, I think in the first issue, she nails why she's so good for Cap when she says, I don't treat you like a living legend, and that's why I'm your liaison.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, And Christian also says, just finished the first seven issues of Cap, and it makes me want to read the rest. That is perfect. That's what we like to hear. Cool. Stephen Barr, Aspiv, really enjoyed the
1: first two issues of Winter Soldier for this week's URC. I like the art style. It's a good story so far.
0: Excellent.
1: It was cool because this was Epstein's, like big Marvel breakout because yeah. he was on Avengers back in the 90s yeah. and it wasn't the most fondly remembered era of Avengers, yeah. but his art was good. It just kind of got glossed over. Uh, and Then he went, did some other stuff for other companies, came back, and this book really solidified this guy as a, someone who had the goods. Oh, yeah. Because I remember when he came in, I was just like, oh, the Avengers guy? From the 90s? <laughs> it's work? And yeah. it turns out he was amazing. Yeah, Johnny Timbols. So glad you guys picked Captain America: Winter Soldier for RC. It's one of my favorite stories. The end of issue one comes out of nowhere. Red Skull dying in the chapter of the story
0: swerve. I mean, uh, what a great ending! Like yeah, we always talk about those last pages. You know the impact that that can have, and that is one of those like premier ones from the last twenty yeah, years.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, went to the Red Skull, make himself a clone body of T. Rogers, just address that. Was this the first appearance of Crossbones? No. No. Hell no. No, he's, He was another 80s character. No. Uh, Mark Grumwald was on the book, like, forever. He was no. on for, like, 10 years or something, mm. from, like, mid-80s to mid-90s. And he introduced a whole bunch of characters, and Crossbones was one of them. Just kind of a neo-Nazi muscle for Red Skull who just totally bought into everything the Red yeah. Skull was doing.
0: And, you know, reading crossbones in this it's it's he's very interesting he's you know it's like what red skull's dead i'm doing it for for skull you know? yeah like i'm doing this and then he beats the living crap out of cap sure and, he, and then just walks away he's just like what this, this isn't even fun and yeah. it's like oh my god it's badass
1: his crossbones based on brock lesnar they kind of <laughs> have the same haircut and muscles beyond muscles uh he predates brock lesnar yeah so maybe brock lesnar's based on crossbones there you go you know I wouldn't hate being a man out of time like Steve. You can tell it still haunts him, kind of like survivor guilt. I can't tell if you meant to say I would hate. If not... Yeah, yeah. I think it was you would hate yeah, it. I would it hate would it. not be a fun thing. How many people besides Steve and Bucky have been Captain America? All right, let's see if we can do this. So, you've got the two guys we mentioned here, Patriot and Spirit of 76. You have the crazy guy from the 50s. Oh. Okay, yeah. 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 What are you thinking?
0: No, no, no. Go. Keep going. So you
1: got so those three: uh, John Walker, U.S. agent. Yep. Was Captain America. And then I think that was it until it was Stephen Bucky. At least in the mainstream Marvel universe. I mean, there's tons. Yeah, yeah. Tons of alternate. Yeah. Nowadays. So I
0: think six makes. makes
1: yeah. Sense? Yeah. That we know of. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else put on there. I mean, like, Hawkeye wore the costume for one issue, in uh Fallen Sun. But right. Yeah. Technically, I think it's I think it's Cap, the two other Golden Age guys, the crazy dude from the fifties, U.S. Agent, and Bucky. <laughs> those are those are the six Caps that we know of. But please, if we missed one, let us know. Uh, a couple of
0: pages issue didn't issue seven didn't load on my tablet. That's no good. Uh, that ain't good. Uh, tweet to at Marvel Support and we'll we'll look into that. Feel sorry for Jack
1: Monroe, poor guy never really had a chance. He really didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, I'm glad they go back and like tell his origin. They really lay out the whole thing. Because he really was screwed from the start. <laughs> yep. From Jump Street. Epting's style really sorts the dark undertones of this story. Uh, yeah, and this was... I remember this was around the time because we were at wizard. We talked about how a lot of Marvel books were starting to adapt this kind of style. Yeah. With, you know, Malieve on Daredevil. It was realistic. Yeah. It was
0: gritty. It was dark. It was, you know... There was this, like... Yeah. Edgy without being edgy, if yeah. that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. Why did Stephen,
1: very formal, <laughs> why did Stephen and Agent 13 break up? Uh, she was presumed dead back in the 70s, and that kind of ended the relationship. And then she didn't come back till the 90s, and uh, she was pissed that Cap never came looking for her, which he was like. <laughs> You were dead. <laughs> Why would I come looking for you? And they never really—I don't. I think through the whole run of the '90s and up to this point, they were never together. Hmm. They were just—they just worked together. Wow. Um, again, correct me if I'm wrong on that. And finally, I forgot how many twists and turns Captain America: Winter Soldier has. Great writing from Brubaker.
0: Hell yeah! All right, Squirrel Boy says so. Red Skull's body is a clone <laughs> of Steve. Does he have the Super Soldier Serum in him? Steve's original body. Uh, before would be useless. Yeah, it was cloned post Super Soldier. Yeah. So he
1: had the serum, so he was strong and
0: he had all caps powers and whatnot. Yeah, and you know, it may not be a perfect clone, but yeah. it's pretty close. It's not gonna be quite as quite as yeah Steve Tastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kyle Martinick says just joined Marvel Unlimited, read oh, the cool. first issue of Winter Soldier, was not expect- expecting that to happen a red skull. That was crazy. Pretty cool because it was like ten years ago. Yeah, that's good that that's, you didn't that, know that. I, I, Glad you had the reaction. Not having the spoilers is great. Uh, Robert Nolan <laughs> says, "Sorry to step out of Twim URC." Another great pick, but I'm prepping for the movie with this: the, the, the Captain, giant
1: trade. It's the whole story of Steve Rogers quitting and becoming the Captain, and John Walker taking over. And it's like,
0: it's not it's really, really the. Long. It's not quite the story for the movie. Yeah, You're but, not going to see that. Yeah, not this time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uh, Robert says, Glad to hear that Steve Epting and Brubaker's Captain America run is up for TWIM URC. Movie goers should get in there and read it ASAP. Definitely. DJ Fanko says, Captain America the Winter Soldier is serious business. Brubaker really started his run with a bang. Damn straight. What, was he do- what had he done for us before this? Brubaker? Yeah.
1: This was really his this first Marvel deal. He'd yeah. come over from, from DC and from uh, Wildstorm and Vertigo. Yeah. So yeah, this was, did... this was his debut.
0: Yeah, and you gotta I remember think... 2004... Cap wasn't a wasn't a as prominent as no. it was today. None as of the Avengers today.
1: characters were. Yeah,
0: I mean they were. You know, we were starting to work on that and, yeah. and put but them this, in I that. Mean, yeah, this
1: world. is right. This is before Bendis took over Avengers. Yeah. This was you know the Avengers were not. We talked to Tom about this when he was on for Avengers Disassembled. They were kind of not the priority. They yeah. were behind Spider Man. They were behind X Men. They were behind some of the other books.
0: Yep. Behind the Marvel Knights books, they were. Uh, they were just picking up. Yeah. Don also says the series was impressively paced. A real page turner. Real page turner. That, that's some great back of the, yeah. the trade copy. Yeah. Yeah, we should let him know. Yeah. Nolan J. Hitchcock, Captain
1: America. Oh, yeah, I forgot how great this was. Guess I'll be rereading the rest of Brubaker's run again this week. Excellent. Love the design of Winter Soldier. His look has enough to allude to his origin without giving it away, plus, total badass. Yeah. Great design by Epting and kind of telling in that in the past 10 years it hasn't changed that much yeah uh, it still looks pretty much the same and you know in the movie it's pretty pretty faithful adaptation just cause it looks. oh cool. yeah robert rcs underscore t captain america second time where i'm late in reading the selection really love this arc and starting some other brewbaker. seems like you finished it on time love the backstory and history given in the book while keeping the story in full flow flashback interspersed tiles like yeah. we said Finally, Kevin Sean Alvarez, Superior 2099. Finally signed up for Marvel Unlimited after so much praise from Agent M. Loving everything I'm reading, TWIM, TWIM URC. So Excellent. All right, well, I think, you know, we we touched on it enough that since we have another episode before the movie comes out, it, it kind of makes sense. We should just going to the next six issues it behooves us i think it does so we'll just uh we'll just keep rolling on the captain america winter soldier train uh we will read the next six issues of this arc there is a break at issue 10 because there's a house of m tie-in we'll skip that uh just because it kind of you
0: know just just confuse
1: you guys so i will go and pick out the next six issues that are relevant to the story, and this is actually called Captain America: The Winter Soldier. And so we'll we check
0: that out. we really do stress that if you can and you have Marvel Unlimited, you read it on Marvel Unlimited. Yep. You download the adaptive audio, put on your head your shop. your headphones, and check it out that way because you know it's going to be a really cool experience. And I want you guys to check that out and, and, and enjoy it. Definitely. All right. Uh, so we'll be back next week with a regular episode of This Week in Marvel. Send your questions, comments, thoughts using hashtag ThisWeekinMarvel. And we'll be back soon. This is Marvel, your universe.